you're marching through Galatians. That's a joke. Um, thanks for your polite laughter. And um, for those who didn't get to hear last week's part two, um, it is now up on the website uh, on the podcast. So you can go and listen and you've got a back date. Understand that that comes before now and that's pretty important. But the first week we talked about freedom from slavery and the way that we put make ourselves laws or we put certain laws on top of Jesus and it enslaves us because we get stuck. And what that does is it, it kind of... We add something to Jesus and then that thing becomes everything and when we lose our, our kind of our joy, we lose our peace because we we're not quite sure that God's happy with us because of some law from somewhere that we, we, we've made up or we've found in the Bible and then, yes, uh, it's kind of like our sinful nature actually loves to have a, something to add to uh, God. In the second week, we actually talked about the power of the Holy Spirit, but it was particularly about the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the sinful nature and to give us this new nature, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I remember that from a song. And he gives us all those things, and we can walk with the Spirit, but chiefly God's on about changing our character and I said that God had a word for you last week. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Remember that? He's calling you to live by that. I've got another word for you today. But today, actually, what we're talking about is continuing in the freedom, continuing in the character God's giving us and living life, particularly our work or working or the works of God, the good works that he gives us to walk in in the power of the Holy Spirit. Sounds good, doesn't it? I'm going to pray. Father, I pray that you would bring this to life for us today, that we might live in all the fullness you have as we, as we live in the character you've given us by your Holy Spirit, as we live in the freedom you've given us, and as we work the works that you call us to, the good works that we do in your power. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start, I'm going to pick out two passages from Galatians. We're starting in chapter 3. And I'll try and do this reasonably quickly and then we'll go to chapter 6. But starting at the start of chapter 3, um, Paul has a very harsh word for these Galatians. And, and it, it's about the way that this is talking particularly about the Christian life. Okay, It's not talking about when you become a Christian. It's talking about the Christian life, how you're living now. He says, you foolish Galatians. That's strong words, isn't it? Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was portrayed as crucified. Now, what is a f- I'll tell you what foolish is, quite simply. Foolish is when you switch your brain off. That's foolish. When you stop thinking. Are you thinking about this? Are you thinking about what I've told you? I told you Jesus Christ was crucified and through him everything's been done. And now you've switched off your brain and you've gone back to something different. Don't switch off your brain. You get it? I explained, I explained the cross and you've deliberately forgotten what I told you. That's simple, isn't it? Do you hear a word for us today? Yeah? Remember what Christ has done for you. 
gee, it's been great this morning. We've had it proclaimed about five times before I even got up. Fully done, I think I heard. Everything done. Wow. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? What's the answer to that? By believing what you heard. That's right. You believed what you heard. And so how do you receive the Holy Spirit? By believing in Christ. It's complex. It's, it's complex because when I was a first Christian, when I was first a Christian and we were kind of wound up in that charismatic renewal and everything that was going on at that time, I got a book and it, and it was called Baptism in the Spirit and it was, you know, this little book and you got about halfway through and you wanted to know how to do it and finally you had, this is how you do it and there was about 15 steps you go through. You got cleanse, you, make sure you confess every sin to God and go through this whole... And, and it was... It was written by a New Zealander, I hate to tell you people, but um, you might guess the name of him. Um, and, he, and at the end of it, I didn't feel any different. I was already a Christian, and you know when I became a Christian, I received the Holy Spirit, and it was a wonderful thing. And here I was trying to redo it again. Good on you. Paul says in Romans 10, faith comes through hearing. Faith comes. So something amazing happens when you proclaim Christ. Faith comes. Surely there's a better way of doing it. Maybe we can have an education program or something. Faith comes through hearing. Can you hear that? And so we are obedient to grace. We're actually, it takes a lot of obedience to know that we receive it all from God, doesn't it? Yeah. Because that's not what the sinful nature of the flesh wants. Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? So that's when you're converted. Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Is that what you're going on to do? Are you, the ongo- hear what he's saying here. The ongoing Christian life is about the spirit and faith rather than human effort. Does that sound odd to you? We're going to get to human effort that flows from the spirit and faith, because it does. But human effort does not bring the spirit and faith is not a work. Do you understand? Faith is not me thinking. Have you? I, I remember praying for somebody once for healing. It was a bloke. Uh, he had pancreatic cancer, actually. And, and we were praying for him. And I was thinking in my head, I've got to believe it's going to happen. I've got to believe it. And, that, and about halfway through, I thought, can't do it. I don't believe it. You know what I mean? You ever, you, I can't get enough of that willpower going. And then it was somehow through that that I realised that faith was about the faithfulness of God, not about what I can do in myself. Otherwise, faith just a work. Oh, the bloke was healed, which was interesting because it didn't rely on my mustering up of something. You see, trust, if you think about someone, if I say I really, really, really trust Jody, can you see that that trust is not based in me revving up that trust. It's in her trustworthiness, isn't it? Our faith in God is because of his faithfulness. So, did you attain your goal? Now, the interesting word about that, attaining your goal or reach perfection, it comes from the Greek word which has that, uh, it is finished. It is finished. Jesus said it is finished and now you're trying to finish it yourself. 
It's finished. You've already crossed the finish line. What are you going to do? Run back and get a run up and go over it again? Are you going to redo what Christ has already done? Maybe, maybe we think that by works we're going to make ourselves even more perfect than Jesus made us. Yeah. You know that's not going to happen, don't you? He's done it all. Okay. Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? In other words, you've gone through a lot for your faith. Are you just undoing it again? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? And it's because you believe what you heard. You see, God, the miracles, it, it, it's a funny thing when, when if you go to the Kurong, it's not, it's, it, you, you, you go to the bookstore and there's Christian books and someone has uh, had a miraculous thing happen in their lives and then they write a book and that's good. It's good to describe what happened. But then if they have the bit at the end that says, so this is how you do it, that's where it becomes a problem, do you understand? Because faith, miracles, Holy Spirit work comes by believing what you heard, by faith. Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. In other words, when Abraham believed, God gave him righteousness. Abraham trusted in God. God said, you are now righteous. Take that away. You can't. Get that? Was, was Abraham a perfect man? We know he wasn't a perfect man after that. Did it take away his righteousness? No, because God said, because you've trusted me, you're righteous. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. In other words, how do you become a child of Abraham? By trusting in God like Abraham did. The scriptures foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham, all nations will be blessed through you. So you who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. What that's simply saying is, years ago, before Jesus even came, 2000 BC it was, God said, when you believe, you are credited as righteous. And then he said to Abraham also, in, in Genesis 12, he said, through you, everybody on earth will be blessed. The promise was already there for all of the Gentiles, way, way before Jesus came, and Jesus fulfilled that promise. It's always been there. It has, it's not the Old Testament you're saved by law, the New Testament you're saved by grace. It has always been justification through faith. faith. Get that? That's good, isn't it? Okay. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. Ouch. In other words, if you're trying to be right with God by obeying his law, you're actually under a curse because... It is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to obey everything written in the, book, in the book of the law. Did you hear that? You're under a curse if you don't obey everything. So if you believe that law is going to save you, you had better, believe, better, better obey every single one, which you've already failed, so you're cursed. They're heavy words, aren't they? Clearly no one is justified by God by the law because now he's quoting Habakkuk the righteous will live by faith now this is now this is talking about again the ongoing Christian life you will go on living by faith you're righteous you go on living by faith this is good where are we up to 12 the law is not based on faith 
On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. Now, what he's quoting there, uh, Leviticus 18.5, which says, now I've given you the law, if you obey all of them, well, then it, uh, the man who does all these things will get it right. No one's done all those things. He's just repeating what he's saying. No one's done everything, you're in trouble. Unless you have faith. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone who is hung on a tree. Now, that's an Old Testament law which said anyone who is hung on a tree is actually cursed by God. They're under a curse by God. And here was Jesus who only ever obeyed the law of God perfectly, crucified and hung on a tree. Why was he there? He was cursed by God in our place. He was receiving the curse that was due to us because we haven't obeyed the law and he gave us his law obedience so we are now not sinners. We are law obeyers through Christ so we're righteous through him. Then he goes on to say this and I want you to hear here, this is where I'm getting to first, we want to be talking about the Holy Spirit but all of this justification, faith, in Abraham and stuff, is for a reason. Verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham, that's the blessing of faith and justification and rebirth, might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we may receive the promise of the Spirit. Do you know you were made for the Holy Spirit? Do you know God's plan from the beginning, from the moment he took some mud and he breathed life into it and Adam came to life, he breathed his spirit in. Do you know you were made for the spirit of God? That's what you're made for. And God's purpose, when you read in, in, in um, uh, Genesis 6, it says, you've fought against my spirit, you've resisted my spirit, you people. So God's, and God's, my plan is not for that. My plan is that you have the spirit. I want you to have the Spirit of God and live in all of the fullness as you live under the power of God and everything in him. You were made for the Holy Spirit. That is, that's your purpose, for the Spirit of God to live in you and to drive you to that, the uh, fruit of the Spirit, as we said last week, and to drive you to good works. So in, just to sum up of that passage is, by faith you are justified. That means you're made right with God. You're made right with him. He does not look at you and find a problem. Second, by faith you live. You live by faith. And thirdly, by faith you receive the Holy Spirit. Do you trust God for that? Do you trust him that he's made you right? Do you trust that he will work his power in you to bring it to completion? Do you trust him that your spirit, that his spirit has been given to you and will be given to you by faith? So the Holy Spirit gives us everything. Now, we're going to flick over to chapter 6, verse 7. Because what the Holy Spirit also brings us... Now, next week, we're going to focus on adoption, the fatherhood of God, and particularly who that's for, and just the universal of it. But, but he, he gives us... He, he, as the power of the Holy Spirit comes through us, we are told to sow... By the Spirit. Now, 
When you sow, I think it's fair to say that's a, in South Australia, that's what we call planting, as you call it. It's the beginning of the crop. It's the first thing you do. And it's actually most important because if you don't actually put the grain in the ground, do you know that paddock's just going to sit there? It may produce weeds. But sowing is, is right at the beginning, isn't it? And everything comes. And in one sense in our lives, in what we do, we are always sowing. We're sowing in our marriage. We're sowing to our, in our families. We're sowing in our friendships. It's talking about every aspect of your life. It's talking about your work. You are sowing in your work. Do you understand? Every, every part of your life, sow to the Spirit. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, we have... As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. What's he saying? He's linking. Okay, firstly, he's established in this book we're free. He's established that we're children of God, sons and daughters of God. He's established that we're now living by the Spirit. And now what does he say? Do good. Do good with that. Do good. Because a whole lot is going to come out of that good. In every aspect of your life, do good. Let your hopes, your dreams, everything about your mind and your motivation be about the goodness for others, to serve and to love. Do good. Especially to the household of faith. That's the Greek, the family of believers. The household of faith. In other words, do good in the family of God. Look after them. Look after them. Because you understand, these are the beloved children of God. If God's looking after them, we should be looking after them too, shouldn't we? Yep. Do good in the power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is working in you. Okay. So walk with that spirit. We've talked about the personality, the character. But you see, now, I actually thought I had a good example and then I realised that it's not a good example. I thought I'm actually wrong. But I'm going to tell you my wrong example so that you can understand what was wrong with it. I was going to talk about... Do you remember Mad Max where... It, the really old ones where the bloke turns on the tap and the nitro turns on and... Car and his eyes get bigger. Do you remember that one? He's a bad guy, but it doesn't matter. The, the Holy Spirit does that. But actually it's quite different than that because, you see, the Holy Spirit just doesn't give us the nitro boost. Without the Holy Spirit, even our good works are nothing. Everything that we do that is of any value is by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not looking necessarily, as much as we want to say it, at how good we're doing it or how good we're saying it. Okay. It was great to see Tan playing the bass. Do you know that music, playing music before the church, is not so much about getting your notes right, but it's about 
doing it in the spirit. Because when we do it in the spirit, somehow, it doesn't matter whether we get it right or wrong, the Holy Spirit draws us into worship, the people. Can you understand that? I'm not saying you've got too much wrong time. What I'm saying is that when we speak to others, right, we want to speak to them about Jesus. If we do it out of a sense of obligation, a sense of law where you've got to tell others about Jesus, it's a terrible thing. But we wouldn't say it's a terrible thing, but in our hearts we're thinking, oh, God. You know what I mean? Where There is no life, but under the... By faith in the Spirit, those words then become powerful. And it's not about how good we get the words. Can you, can you hear what I'm saying? When we do good, do good is about faith. It's about trusting God. It's more about the prayer that goes beforehand than it is about the action. Because when we do good in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers that and does transforming and wonderful work regardless of how good we've got it. Otherwise, we're always trying to get it. It's not saying we don't practice and we don't think and things, but it's saying that if the Holy Spirit's not doing it, if the Holy Spirit's not doing the heavy lifting as such, the transformation is not going to happen. So it's just about us. Have you, I, I think about it like some, some of the people I'm most jealous of, and this is my sinful nature, is jealous of them, is those Christians who are so wise. Have you ever heard them? They listen to another person and after about three sentences, they know what's behind what's going on in their life. And then they speak out those words. I, I've got to think for a month and in the middle of the night I'll go, I think I might know what's going on with that person. Yeah, but you get those people and they've got that incredible discernment. You know what? It's, it's such a gift. But I tell you, if they use that gift without the Holy Spirit, it has far less value than if you, by the Holy Spirit, with your mixed up words, just say what comes to your mind and try and encourage and love that person. Can you hear what I'm saying? Otherwise, we all need to be trained in psychology, counselling and everything else before we can ever help another person. Whereas, do you know what? If you have the Holy Spirit and you don't say a word and you put your hand on their shoulder, you can do more encouragement than a month of counselling. Not having a go at counsellors. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is this. Every one of us has the power of the Holy Spirit, has all of the power of the Holy Spirit available to us, and if we walk by faith and in that, we will be doing incredibly good works all of the time. Isn't that good? And you see, you don't have to have that, you know, every day in every way I'm getting better and better. No, it's not talking about that. It's talking about already, by faith. Can you see what that will do for you? Won't it give you a boldness? I want to give you a, a confidence to speak. I want to give you a confidence to be normal. Why don't it give you a confidence to be yourself, just you, with the Holy Spirit, speaking and loving and acting and doing. That's what I want you to hear. Because if you can't see that the Holy Spirit is amplifying in your works what you can't see happening, you'll never act. Do you get what I'm saying? 
but you will act when you know that the Holy Spirit is doing something through you that you can't see. And he is doing an incredible work in the kingdom of God. So what this is saying then, if I want to make it even more practical, is what's going on in your inner life is more important than what everybody else sees. So if you're right with the Father, in other words, if you're in a good relationship with the Father and you're walking by faith and you're living by faith, that's the most important thing. But you can't tell when I'm doing that. I can be up here preaching and I can be living in sin. So I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about all of us. How are you with the Father? Are you walking by faith? Go home. When you go to bed tonight, don't sleep. Just lay awake like I do. And, but, the, <laughs> but struggle and wrestle to be at that place with the Father where you just trust him. And say again and again, I want to live by your spirit. I want to walk by your spirit. All I want to do is about you. I don't want it to be about me. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the inner life, it's the heart that counts. Because we get tired, worn out, stale, dry, don't we? You know when we're doing that, we're usually living by our, we're living by our flesh. And at those moments, we will try and look for pearls of wisdom and things to say so that we can say, we've got it, it's about us. But it's not. It's about the work of the Spirit. So, revival starts. you know what Peter said? It's time for judgment to begin with the house of God. But from God's judgment comes God's revival and God's life. In other words, it begins with us and our relationship with God. So, next week, we're going to talk about who this is for. And we might find out that it talk, he gives three classes, but you might find out if you're a Gentile, which is second rate, and you're a woman, which was second rate, and you're a slave, which is third rate, you still have all this going for you. I'm, I'm not being sarcastic here. He says, this gift is for all. No, there's no classes. The Holy Spirit is at work in the lowliest of believers in society. And they can achieve more than the, than the so-called pastors who've got it all together. Okay. So, if you're feeling inadequate, good, you'll live by faith. <laughs> That's a good thing. If you don't feel like you've got it all together and you wonder if you'll ever have it all together, who cares? Just live by faith. Because then the power of the Holy Spirit will be at work in you and then your work will be incredibly valuable. It'll be gold. And when the fire comes, it'll still be there. Because it's gold. I'm going to pray. Father, we want to live by your spirit and we want to do your good works that you've called us into and I pray that you would give us the confidence to simply walk by faith again as we've prayed in other weeks I pray that you would expose in us all those places where we're not living by faith Father if we think we're doing well and we're actually we're dry I pray that you'd expose that to us too so that we would quite simply let go of the things that we're struggling with and holding on to and that we would quite simply entrust ourselves to you and trust you for all of our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>